You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, White Sox fans, we've been gone for a bit, but welcome back to Planet White Sox with Trooper Galactus. I'm Brett Valentini, sort of, uh, I guess I'm, I don't know, I'm in the navigator seat, perhaps. I don't know. Not really sure. Not sure what's happened in the universe uh, since we've last spoken to you. Um, Pluto's a planet. Maybe Pluto's not a planet. Not sure, but we're really concerned with the White Sox universe and specifically Planet White Sox. And the good news is, uh, troopers got some thoughts that might make things better on planet white Sox in the coming year. Not sure. Uh, white Sox, we know you're listening. So really we're trooper is outlining a plan for you. So, you know, take as much as you want. It is for free trooper. Welcome. Thanks for, uh, thanks for inaugurating here. Uh, episode number two. Oh, it's great to be back. Uh, <laughs> today's announcement that there would be no Sox fest, uh, <laughs> Went over like a flatulent, <laughs> flatulent fart in the void. So, uh, yeah, this be one one. <laughs> not that you wouldn't have, uh, not that you're shocked by it, but the fact that the you know the Cubs are running theirs. Um, <laughs> I don't know. You can't call them a worse organization, but they're running theirs. Same city, same circumstances, same month, a week before the White Sox. The White Sox, no question. No, they're not doing a study. They're not trying to figure out how they can do it somewhat remotely or just a modified version. No, they're just not doing it. Uh, <laughs> shocker. I'd, I'd, I'd love to say I'm surprised, but, uh, but it isn't too surprising. Uh, first let's talk a little bit. Uh, sometimes I prompt, uh, you for ideas or formatting. This was one that certainly, uh, did not come about in any way via me, but it is a series we just started running with, uh, Larry Garcia, and there will be many other uh, editions coming as Monte Grandal as well. And it's the, uh, 
Shout out Clash, uh, Should I Stay or Should I Go series. Uh, how'd that come about? And uh, are you having fun doing it so far? Well, it's, I guess, a little depressing, but I don't <laughs> think anything I have to say is going to be especially surprising. Because, sure. uh, spoiler alert, I don't think there's really <laughs> much that they can do yeah. Uh, yeah. to change change the team like they and it's it's not to it's not to second guess things because we mm-hmm. all believe for and they're so invested in this core right now that there's really not too much they can do to alter yeah. it except hope that these guys play to their potential and not like down to whatever we it was we got in 2022 because like you, you if you think that Yuan Mankata can still be what he was in 2019. If you still think Luis Robert is an MVP candidate, if you believe that Andrew Vaughn can be the next Jose Abreu and that Elo Jimenez can hit, hit 40 home runs, that Yasmani Grandal can come back healthy and so on and so on and so on. If these guys can all hit on their talent to at least like the 80th percentile, even that's a competitive mm-hmm. team. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is that I think, if they're not going to spend money, like it'd be easy to say, okay, go out and sign Aaron Judge and like Brandon mm-hmm. Nimmo and somebody else, and it's yeah. everything's fixed. But that's not happening. Um, and they've talked about doing everything via trade, but the problem is, is that anything they have to trade of value, I think that they would have difficulty uh, replacing the value that they gave up. Mm-hmm. So, and people are going to treat their players like damaged assets because of like the in either the performance they put in or the lack of health. Yeah. Let's not pretend. I mean, this is the other side of the coin you're, you're talking on. Let's not pretend as critical as we are of uh, management ownership, uh, managing coaching. I mean, let's not overlook the fact that the white Sox, uh again, chicken and egg perhaps, but the players almost two a one pretty significantly underperformed in 2022. It gets a little bit swept into the carpet because there's so many other uh, big lights, bright city type of stuff to talk about. And certainly Han is a headliner here. Tony Lucy is a headliner, but the fact is the White Sox as a player really almost to a man. I mean, uh, you know, Dylan sees, of course, Johnny Cueto comes out of nowhere. You know, there's a handful of guys who said, wow, they had the seasons you expect or much better. Uh, but this is a team that along with upper management and on field management, uh, really the players themselves uh, between the lines uh, failed, uh, you know, failed fans pretty miserably as well. Yeah, and I, I think the thing that is most to blame Rick Hahn for for 2023 is the amount of moves he made in 2022 that not only didn't work out for 2022, but screwed this team over for 2023. Because if you figure if they turn down Craig Kimbrell's option, we're done with that whole saga. And we can mm-hmm. just look back and be like, well, we lost Nick Madrigal and Cody Hoyer. Who knows how bad that really is yet. Right. But at least we don't have to look at Craig Kimberl anymore. But then he picks up the action and he trades him for an out for AJ Pollock, who doesn't have a particularly good year, and we get him for another year. <laughs> and it's like that saga just keeps going on and on. On <laughs> flung himself into it. He he picks yeah. up Deekman, who has another year on his contract. Yeah. When he could have just like been done with uh uh who who was it we traded for him, the catcher uh uh, Reese McGuire, and of course, don't forget about uh, uh, oh that big hoss guy, that big pitcher, but you know, minor league guy. But I mean, still, you're giving a decent amount of stuff. The dominoes are being tipped in the wrong direction. It's not supposed to go in that direction where it's like, okay, we got rid of a problem if we took on one that's actually sort of as as bad or very likely 
uh, worse. But, you know, Trooper, that sort of gets into maybe the second half of this podcast because we've got a little combo thing. Again, this is this is where the White Sox want to make sure to tune in. Don't fast forward. But uh, this is where they might want to tune in because you do have a three-point plan that is related to your grievance. Of course, we have the Sacks of his grievances uh, coming up this week as well. So this is sort of a little sneak preview of that as well. One thing I want to get to before we get to sort of that latter part of the uh, of the show here as we are just roaming. We're just roaming here, Planet White Sox. A lot of noxious fumes, a lot of pollution, a lot of trash just lying around. We're trying to clean this place up, White Sox. Uh, help us out a little bit. Uh, is is something you threw out uh, a bit ago, sort of in between uh, program one and now two. And, you know, y- your idea that, and I, I think it's a pushback against a lot of mm, White Sox apologists perhaps out there, uh, certainly upper management apologists, uh, pointing a lot to injuries. And one thing that you sort of threw out there is this really, the White Sox performance had so very little to do with injuries. First of all, we saw a lot of injuries in 2021, and that didn't seem to affect too greatly a 93-win team. But beyond that, you know, your, your thought is, I mean, you really can, you can, you can't ever really hide behind injuries and particularly in 2022, that's, that's really inappropriate. Well, Rick Hahn has no business hiding behind injuries <laughs> because first off, what do you do with a baseball team to hedge against injuries? You create death, <laughs> which Rick yeah. Hahn had years to do yeah. from a rebuild and completely failed to and failing depth. You get some people that fling into the high minors that that can provide depth. Guys yep. who are kind of you know, maybe make good contracts, like Johnny Cueto. That was at yep. least a good depth move, which he wouldn't have made if not for the absolute necessity of it because yep. of Lance free. Um, and on top of that, like like you said, we had lots of injuries in 2021. So what did Rick Hahn do to address the the just spate of injuries that this club was beset with? Nothing. Nothing changed. The same trainers are there. The same guys have their jobs, despite it being just terrible. And it got worse. Wouldn't you know it? Like, if they don't want to fire somebody, okay, but at least add some staff. Do something, because clearly what you're doing, what your staff is doing is not working, and something needs to change. And you know what? If Ricky Hahn doesn't have the power to do that, then he can just stop complaining to me because he's clearly ha- – and stop defending him. Because if Rick Hahn's happy with being an empty suit as a GM, then he doesn't deserve any defense because GMs should have the power to do these things. Yeah, and you get the sense that his solution – and we've sort of – he's intimated this in the past, maybe not directly about injuries – um, but you know, when, 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 when luck turns or when there's just a, a simple bad break or who knows, even a pandemic season, you get the sense that Rick says, and listen, we all hope as fans, we say, Hey, geez, next year will be better. I'm sure going into 2022, we thought, man, the injuries were sort of rough. That's not really too common for the White Sox, even though it's been a trend. Let's hope that reverses. Let's hope Luis Robert can play 120 games plus. Uh, but you get the sense that Rick Hahn, the one guy as you pointed out, who really has control over things like, you know, a, a depth or being a little bit quicker to make moves, is, is sort of is just like a fan saying, well, I hope. Or he thinks he looks over at Kim Williams. He's like, that can't happen again like 2021, right, Ken? And Ken's like, nah, nah, I won't. These guys are tough. Or what? You know, it's like they're wishing on a star and they're, they're the like two guys 
you know, in ownership and management, these are the guys who can actually control whether the rest of us are just stuck looking under the, under the tree thinking, gee, I hope there's some nice gifts. You know, we're stuck. We can't do much more than do a, a podcast that might be a little bit critical uh, or write an angry letter to the White Sox uh, explaining why we're not renewing our season tickets. Uh, you know, it's somewhat limited. But Rick Khan's the one guy who can, who can do a little bit about this. And you get the sense that he's just like sitting next to us like, well, gee, I hope. And, you know, it's like, hey, if you believed in Adam Hazley so much that you made him one of your few off-season mm-hmm. moves, like, then why aren't you calling him up? And I'm not saying I'm an Adam Hazley right. fan, but stretch of the imagination. But you know what? I'll take a two-armed Adam Hazley over a one-armed Luis mm-hmm. Robert, mm-hmm. especially Luis Robert, who's not doing too well in the field. Like, the, like there are so many things that deteriorated for this team that the that Rick Hahn just did not do anything to address. And eventually, like, Tony wasn't even there to blame. That's true. At the, towards, at the end of the season, you were still playing injured guys mm-hmm. on your roster mm-hmm. or keeping them on the 26-man and not playing them. And you had the ability at that point in crunch time when you you absolutely had to do something, and you were you were still letting Miguel Cairo go out there with a short roster. Yeah, th- this risk going off the rails a little bit because we certainly don't want, do want to uh, get to your your three points here, and we still have plenty of time, of course. But uh, th- that's something that was particularly galling. It sort of starts to creep in again. Sneak preview here, and I'm not sure what my grievance wound up being because I sort of wait for everybody to choose and then I'll write. But certainly one thing that I've I've brought up before it's just that whole like the smugness of sitting in a dugout and sort of pointing fingers and sort of acting like you don't have to provide any sort of answer. And, you know, I just presented a scenario where Rick Hahn in the off season was like looking under that Christmas tree and thinking, gee, I hope there's are looking, uh, peeking in a stocking, hoping there were some really nice, you know, gifts, like he couldn't do anything about it. But this was happening in real time during the season. Uh, Hazley is a, you know, a, a great example, but the, the misuse of the injured list, it's almost like Rick Hahn doesn't think there's something that he can do about this. I get that you do got to preach some patience and it certainly would take us a steady hand, maybe a veteran manager to say, Hey, you know what? I've seen this before. Let's wait this out. Okay. And sometimes that's appropriate fans. You know, let's face it. We, you know, we tend to be a little bit more knee jerk. Okay. I get it. But the idea that Rick Khan really almost literally, literally did nothing with any urgency, certainly not trade deadline, certainly not call-ups as you pointed out with Adam and other guys, Mark Payton and, and so on, didn't even stack the team with the depth to be able to say, okay, hey, this Johnny Cueto thing worked out really well. Hey, where, where'd Wes Benjamin go? Where's where's the other five guys, where's the other five Irvin Santanas we should have in Charlotte to at least fill out a Charlotte starting rotation uh the idea that that it wasn't just an off-season thing like geez i'm just crossing my fingers we're a little bit you know we we spent a lot so hey it's going to work out this year but then even as the season was unraveling as early as the end of the first month beginning to maybe show some cracks it was sort of like well let's just let's see where this goes and man i mean He's the general manager. There's, 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 there's an, there's, there's action in that title. And it's sort of like, you know, then he just wants to, you know, he wants to sit in the dugout or, 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 or go on a radio show or talk to, talk to Barstool or whatever and be like, hey, well, these, these people out here are getting on me. It's like, well, time out. I mean, I know don't just do something to do something. Don't run around with your head cut off, but there's something between what he's doing and that, that I, I think is the minimum we should be expecting. Well, this is a general manager who obviously doesn't do a lot of managing, and we've already seen, and as for the first half of that, we've seen what these guys think uh, constitutes a four-star general, so. (laughs) 
Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of uh, the, the managerial search, who knows? There might be some bonus time topics. Let's take a quick break. Let's get to Trooper's three point plan sort of tied into his grievance. We'll, we'll get into that at least in the latter part of the show. Uh, do not stray too far. Uh, do not stay in orbit around uh, planet white Sox. We'll be back in one minute. Mother's day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. White Sox fans, we are roaming. Um, oh, it is a befouled planet. Let's face it. It is planet White Sox, really rough. Gee, what are you complaining about, Brett? What are you complaining about, Trooper? They were a 500 team. <sighs> yeah, right. Okay. Well, we're at planet White Sox, and here's where things get a little sunny. The sun, I can see the sun on the horizon. I can see the sunrise on the horizon, Trooper. You are providing us a sunrise. Uh, with a three-point plan, the Rickon is free to steal. But let's back that up just a tiny bit because I think this relates somewhat, if not directly, uh, to your grievance for Soxivus this year. So maybe lay that out for us first, and, and, and perhaps if there is a connection, how that begins to connect to your three-point plan to improve in 2023. Okay, so like my grievance has been like the way they that they screwed over their 2023 fortunes by with all of these moves that they made in 2022, because I mean, when you think about uh, the major moves they made that were at least multi-year mm-hmm. uh, commitments, you got AJ Pollock, you got uh, Kendall Graveman, Joe uh, Kelly and Leary Garcia. And uh, now Jake Diekman. Jake Diekman yep. And it's like, there's, so there's like, 40 plus million dollars, I think, roughly, that Rick Hahn added in 2020 to the 2023 Ross uh, payroll in 2022. And that really just kind of hurt them because these are not like he added them, but hey, he can trade them up to, you know, right. or something. No, we're stuck with these guys. Yeah, like, there's nothing you, liquid about it. No. Yeah, you can't trade Jake Diekman. It's amazing that the, when, I looked, <laughs> when I saw Jake Diekman, he got traded from the Red Sox to us. I was like, what? He. He's not good. So <laughs> and we get a second year of it. <laughs> like that's the problem is we need another sucker GM like Rick Hahn up there to, to, to be a trade partner and that's I uh yeah. I, I, I <laughs> good luck. But I'm I'm going into this off season with the assumption that not much is really going to change. They're not going to sign a major free agent. They can't no. sign a contract. Uh they're they're not going to just release like Yasmani Grandal or Larry Garcia. Like they're going to try no. and get out of those guys still because they have to, because right. they're paying too much money not to try. Yeah. And like given the money committed, they've got something, they're going to have like a $170 million payroll just returning the guys that are here. And yeah. anybody who leaves just replacing them on the roster with like a, a, a rookie, a league minimum kind of guy. Right. That's a lot of money still. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm, I don't think they're going to raise payroll. I think they're going to cut it, especially since they're not getting the, the, they didn't have the attendance that they thought. I mean, they mm-hmm. just barely cracked 2 million, but I think they were thinking like two and a half million mm-hmm. and they were thinking playoff revenues that yeah. ain't happening. Yeah. Well, and, and, now, and, and as you point, as you point no. out, Trooper, the, uh, you know, the, the fact that this, this, 
you you just outlaid the the money they're they're stuck with the the, the dead money alone means anywhere they're going to any opportunity they have to cut they are going to take because they're going to feel you know they're going to feel they have to yeah and like uh could you do something like uh pick up giolitos in arbitration and then try and trade him sure but I don't know what you're going to get in trade mm-hmm. for Chile, nor do I think you're necessarily going to find a pitcher on a one-year $10 million contract because I think that's about what Chialito's is going to get in arbitration, right. $10 million. I don't think you're going to get a guy that potentially is as good as Giolito on that kind of deal. No. So they're, they're really just kind of going to be returning the roster and hoping for the best. But I have a plan. Okay. Actually – and and it's I know it will be very unsatisfying. <laughs> like well, and you know you can you can go to uh, go to Thirty Fifth and Shields and and just scream at their offices since we we're not having Sox Fest. But I mean this if you can't do those things, and I understand why because we're backed into this position now. There's no getting out of it. There's no there there isn't really probably any trading your way out of it, and they're not going to spend their way out of it. That's Fine. If that's the restrictions that we're under, then here's what you need to do. Here's three things I think that they can do to maybe, just maybe, get this to work. All right. Number one, when you hire a manager, and this should be part of the like interview process, you give that manager free reign to do what he wants with the coaching staff. If you want to bring Joe in Joe Espada. Do you think Joe Espada wants to come here? Or uh, if, if you're trying to lure Sandy Alomar from the Indians or whoever, anybody who's got some real juice behind them as a candidate, are you going to bring them in and tell them, well, welcome to the White Sox. And no, you don't get to move on from Joe McEwing. You don't get to move on from Frank Menachino. You don't get to move on from Daryl Boston, like Dale Torbert. So Daryl Boston. Yeah, all these guys who failed at their jobs, you have to keep all of right. them. No. If you want to attract the best candidate, you let him hire his own people. You let him create his staff so that the staff speaks with one voice. Because we heard about, uh, like, Frank Menachino butting heads with Tony about uh, plate approach, about what they're supposed to be doing and, and what they're supposed to be swinging at and so on and so forth. And... Like, it was clear that the, the coaching staff wasn't necessarily all on the same page. And I don't even know that they're all on the same page with their guys in the minors. Because yeah. remember, uh, when Gavin Sheets got sent down for like a week, he came back and looked like a different hitter. It was like only, you know, just a week away from the, the utter chaos going on in, in the major league club allowed him to kind of reset himself a little bit. And he didn't have a great season even after that, but he was a lot better than he was before he got sent down. So. Yeah. Yeah, and there and there could be there could be other factors, of course, involved in that. But but certainly that's not a promising, you know. It's like okay, <laughs> let's let the guy reset himself in the minors to get away from what he's hearing. Uh, I mean, that's that's certainly not anything you're going to be too excited about at the major league level. So, yeah, uh, yeah, it's a good point. So if they go out and hire like my guy that I wanted two years ago was Matt Quattraro from right. a race. Let's say they go out and hire Quattraro. I'll be happy if they hire Cotraro, but if they say, if they, they're like, well, there's no other changes to the coaching staff. Well, then that <laughs> yeah, just means that's pointless. Like a staff full of failures. Yeah. Failures. They are not getting the job 
done. They are not going to be supporting Quattraro the way he needs to be supported. And I would want, even a guy like Quattraro, I would want to be able to make his own coaching decisions, bring in his own people, people he trusts to speak with his voice. I think that's important because I think that they, they need to have a lot less chaos in that dugout. Yeah, and, and certainly you want you want it to be collaborative. And if it is a first-time guy, which you, even though Rick Hanna said it's not going to be a first-time guy, I'm not sure how many non-first-time guys are out there. So, okay, let's just pretend it is going to be the Quattraros of the world, the Spadas, uh, or, or the mystery candidates. Um, yeah, of course you want it to be collaborative. It has to be to some degree collaborative. But the notion that you're going to handcuff to the degree of no, this is what it is, even, even Ethan Katz, who is the, the prize of the coaching staff, but to say – absolutely you have to take this guy because let's face it it just it it might not click it could click where for some reason the new manager does want to keep the coaching snap now that is a very that is a that is not an endorsement at all of the uh of the leadership or the intelligence of the new manager but i mean you do have to put those decisions in the new manager's hands these are this is these are the these are the guys who are gonna have to rally around him and are gonna have to execute his game plan, uh, he has to have the final say, maybe not even the only say, but certainly the deciding uh, vote. So you'd hope that would be a given. Uh, however, it hasn't been for so many years. We've had the Don Cooper carryover years, et cetera, et cetera. So <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't hold my breath, unfortunately, on point number one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't think Ron Washington would come in here and, and be told what he has to yeah. do. Yeah, I mean, Cheeto, sure, we we'll go way back. And who knows? Maybe they do. But yeah, come on. I mean, the idea that there isn't the choice. I mean, you can even make it so there seems like there's more of a choice than there is. And that's the, you know, that's the way the Mahan has to massage it. But why you'd be hooked up to any of these guys that desperately, maybe beyond cats, uh, I wouldn't know to begin with. So hopefully that's already part of the plan for for Han, but we've been disappointed before, uh, Trooper. Uh, okay, I guess this stokes us to point number two, hopefully just as a no-brainer as point number one. Yeah, and we kind of discussed it a little bit already, but if you are having issues with injuries, then you need to change out your training staff and perhaps even add to your training staff. Because whatever pregame, in-between game, preseason routines they have, they are, they are definitely below the league median in terms of like injuries and they're, they're getting injuries to key personnel. Mm -hmm. And, and like I said, it's, it's not that, yes, did they not uh, go to the playoffs this year because of injuries in part, but when you've done nothing to address the injury, that you know you were dealing with before, then I, I feel a lot less like that's an excuse and more just something you invited. So they need to change out their, their training staff. They need to add to it. They need somebody that will come in with a new routine for these guys, somebody with some credibility, ideally, and somebody that will work in concert with the coaching staff to make sure that the players are on board and actually preparing themselves. Because did look your opinion, Brett? Did this look like a team that was ready for the regular season? No, no. Did this look like a team that went into every game prepared to play? No, no, not in the least. Uh, you just look at Cleveland. Just look at Cleveland in this division. And I know there's, there's more factors involved here. And the White Sox are a little bit more of a, a mix of veterans and, and, and youth. So you can't make a direct comparison, but come on. 
Look at Cleveland. Look at teams that weren't told not to run balls out, Trooper. Come on. Exactly. How embarrassing is that? Come on. (laughs) You have to get your team ready to put in full effort at all times. And if the philosophy is, well, instead of putting in full effort and we lose you for a significant period of time, just put in half effort and then we won't lose you quite as much. In which case you're, you know, why, what, why is it better to play compromised players? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. Hopefully they've learned that that's not a solution. But these are, this is again, something that Rick Hahn, you know, he doesn't set the budget and he's, Stuck with the personnel he has, probably for the most part, given uh, given what he's done to this point. But this is something he should be able to change that could potentially net a huge value for this team and performance wise. Because if you get a full healthy season out of Luis Robert, if you get a full healthy season out of Tim Anderson, that's probably ten to twelve wins above replacement right there. Out of two players. Yeah, and, and this is another example of Han sort of co- sitting in the dugout and just coasting uh, and being a little smug about it. Because, listen, okay, we get it coming out of the pandemic. Hey, yes, everybody's struggling through this, and pitchers are going to have to – then they're going to be able to throw as many pitches. we got to ease everybody back in. The minor leagues didn't even play. Okay, hey, guess what? It's 2022 now. And other teams separated themselves from the White Sox in terms of – well, in terms of everything, in ter- including – the end result uh, and the, the injury and the time lost to IL and telling players not to give 100% effort. So now you can't coast behind, well, there was a pandemic, guys. Well, what do you expect us to do? Uh, it didn't work out that way. And you saw the the, the White Sox dovetail uh, compared to other teams, even though they're all still faced with the very same circumstances come out of pandemic. Um, some guys still probably with maybe lingering effects of having uh, caught uh, um, the covid um, I mean, the White Sox are not, you know, any any better or worse, I would guess, than the average major league team. And yet, the results and the ramifications of being ill prepared to play and, and ill trained, um, you know, were obvious. <laughs> it, it landed us. It landed a ninety plus win team uh, at five hundred. So, uh, and, yes, Brett. You know, another point to that is, who were the healthiest players on the team? It was the oldest ones. Yep. The guys who like are supposed to be the young, healthy players that are able to give you like the peak performance were the ones going down left and right. Mm-hmm. The guys who were there every game were Jose Abreu. By mm-hmm. by some miracle, AJ Pollock mm-hmm. was yeah. one of their health like a guy who's never healthy. Yeah. And uh Josh Harrison, another guy who was there for pretty much the entire season. Like, why is it they're the ones that are healthy and your 25, 28-year-old guys are the ones that are get blowing their hamstrings out all the time? Trooper, maybe you bring Jose Abreu back just as training staff. Uh, maybe that's the way it needs to be. Dylan, whatever Dylan Cease is doing, I don't think you guys ever missed a start. I mean, he definitely is in the 95th plus percentile of not missing starts. Whatever he's doing, please, all pitchers, follow what he's doing. Jose, come back just to uh, train these guys and tell them, you know, how to run balls out or whatever. Okay, well, we do have time for number three. This is free. White Sox, by the way. Hello. Hi, White Sox. Hi, front office. Uh, we know you're listening. Uh, okay, this is free. We are not charging for this. Uh, or two, I'm speaking for Trooper here, but I think he has said this is free. Uh, point number three, <laughs> given the parameters, given how handcuffed we are going into 2023, how much on his handcuffed himself, 
what is uh, point number three that might lead to, oh, I don't know, getting above 500 for 2023? Okay, again, we touched on it earlier. They need to beef up their reinforcements. They need to build depth, mm. and they need to do that by getting guys like targeting guys like Cueto. Target, heck, Vince Velasquez, somebody mm-hmm. like Vince mm-hmm. Velasquez. And it's not, I'm, it's not mm-hmm. that I'm a Vince Velasquez, but Vince Velasquez at least represents, like, he might not be a good option by any means. I wouldn't want him on the 26th man on opening day. But you know what? If you have the guy on a minor league contract, it means you have a guy you can call yes. upon. Yes. It means you have a guy you can call upon that will prevent the bottom from falling out of the tub entirely. Yes. It's not Velasquez. It is just that it was only Velasquez. You get five Velasquez and you throw them against a wall, one Cueto drops down. That's what you got to do. Yes. It's not just going all in for Irvin Santana because then when he doesn't come through, then you're stuck. Oh, okay. Who we got now? Uh, we it, got Ross Twiller. Come on. You got to, you, you, you exactly right. You got to grab some of these guys. So then. They don't even have a triple A rotation. I mean, they're not even starting at like average to bolster. He's got to like do triple the work. Exactly. It's look, it's not like, you know, it's not like you you go out and sign Chris Volstad to a minor league deal or something like that, where it's just a thoroughly unexceptional pitcher and everybody's going to be like, yay. But you know what? You get enough of them. You get some, you know, like Leary Garcia, if he were a free agent, is the kind of guy I'd say, go out and sign him to a minor league contract because at least you might have some kind of performance floor. You know, uh, they need guys in the minors because right now, like, like we ha- we got a lot more out of Mark Payton than I think we thought mm. we would. I mean, he's a 30-year-old rookie. I don't know how much is there that you could count on for sustainability. Um, I don't think they believe much in Adam Hazley. I don't know how much you're – can count on Blake Rutherford to come up and contribute in any way. Mike Rodolfo is probably going to strike out 80% of the time if you bring him up. Mm. Like, they need more outfielders down there. And, oh, hello. <laughs> um, they, they need some reliable outfielders, preferably guys who at a minimum can play defense. And, you know, maybe they're coming back from injury. Maybe they had a bad season at the plate where they, they kind of need to come back on a make good. I haven't gone done a deep dive into this, but find guys that you can have on a minor league contract who have some sort of upside and get enough of them so that it's not like, well, if this guy doesn't hit his upside and he's really actually toast, then we're screwed if anybody else goes down. No, just get a bunch of them, like you said, and maybe just maybe at least one of them will kind of like play well enough to make it so that if you have to call on that individual – He's not going to be a star, but at least you'll get something out of him. Yeah, Look, think of- finally went out and grabbed Elvis Andrews. They got a lot more out of that than they ever thought mm-hmm. they would. But if even if they had only got what Andrews was doing in sure. Oakland, that still would have been a great thing to have. Sure. Well, think about the fact, getting back to the rotation. Han had all year, and I know it's like, boy, this Valentini guy, what a clown. He doesn't know what, what the real world's like. Listen, by the end of the year, it had not been corrected to the point where the majority of starts weren't the majority of games for Charlotte weren't 
bullpen games. Yes, they lost West Benjamin who went to Korea early in the season. They brought back Mike Wright Jr. for God's sake. They brought back the, they brought over a guy, I want to say coming out of Cleveland system. He was like one in 18 over the course of the whole year, but it was just a guy to fill the rotation. They still had no more than, I, I want to say no more ever than, than three starters a week, half of the starts a week. I think I counted it up and it's more than two thirds of their starts. Uh, were bullpen games were not by traditional starters and that's for the whole season i understand once you're in july it's like okay what are we going to do you still got to find somebody maybe you go grab somebody back from korea for crying out loud there's it's an absolute dereliction of duty that you do not have even what two-thirds at most two-thirds of a starting rotation on the at the level where you're gonna have to call on it's not like the White Sox were super healthy, you know, in the start. beyond Dylan Cease, not like they were super healthy to begin with all year. Uh, and to go in next year with that sort of thing. And if they don't take number three, your point plan here, uh, I mean, again, just there's been so much dereliction to do that. Wouldn't shock me, but uh, let's hope they they take some of this on. Uh, a trooper, a, a little bonus time uh, question here for you, because it's obviously been on everybody's mind. We got crazy rumors flying all over the place with, uh with uh, with with OG and Jim Tomey and 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 uh, Joe Spada, who knows? Uh, you know, first of all, who's who's your biggest desire for for manager, and, and who do you think the White Sox should get end up with that manager at this juncture? <laughs> well, I was uh, I'm still I'm still a Matt Quattrao still a Quattrao guy. guy. Okay, um, I I think he comes in with the fewest complications, and I think uh, I think that he's just done a good job of always working with uh, rosters that need yep. to have benches like uh, the Rays they don't get to where they're at because they have like the best players around and all of like a big roster full of star players they they get the most out of the players they have and and put them in the positions they need to be in to succeed and I think that's what the White Sox need yeah yeah I like it I like it. I, I would, I'm, you know, hard to be thrilled with anybody coming in, but I mean, in, in terms of what the expectations are, uh, that's pretty much like hitting a home run. So fingers crossed they can grab somebody like Espada or, or Quattraro. Uh, c- conversely, uh, Trooper, who do you think we will end up with? <laughs> Where are you confident? You know, I'm, I have no idea. The, the White Sox are, <laughs> let, let's face it, when we all heard, when, when the rumor first got broke that, uh, Tony LaRusso was going to be hired. We all scoffed at it. We all thought it was a joke. Mm-hmm. And it turned out to be horribly, <laughs> horribly true. <laughs> so I don't try to, yeah. I'm not going to sit here and credit with the White Sox with having a sudden attack of logic Mm-mm. or try and predict what they do because it's, it's just a losing battle. It, Jerry Reinsdorf could wake up tomorrow and just decide that, uh, you know, Hey, th- we should give that Robin Ventura guy another, mm-hmm. another shot. Yep. I mean, who knows? But I know I'd like Quattraro, but it absolutely would not surprise me if they make another ridiculous insular hire. Probably the only somewhat insular hire I could see them making that I wouldn't be completely miffed about is Willie Harris. Because even though he's a former, you know, 2005 right. guy, guy, uh, former former player for this team but at least Harris you can point to having worked his way up the ranks yeah and been around the league and gotten the experience that you would expect somebody who's ready to take the reins of a team mm-hmm. and you know, Harris has some uh Harris has some swagger to him yeah uh, he seems like a guy who might fit in uh help a team that's kind of down after a bad yeah. season gain some of the mojo that they had back in like 2020 and 2021 yeah 
the mojo that got, you know, killed by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the scary thing, troopers, even if they like say they 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 only do half as bad, you know, I mean, obviously anything's going to be this was the 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 outlier. The Tony LaRusso hire is the outlier. Uh, but even just doing half as bad as that still isn't isn't great. So let's hope that, you know, really, I don't know, uh, Han closes his eyes and really just uh, swings the bat and makes some solid contact because, uh, you know, I I don't think any of us are, are real, real confident. But, you know, there are options that that, that could work out. And let's hope they do. Uh, listen, everybody, thanks for uh, taking the trip out uh, into the, um, I don't know, the, the dangerous atmosphere that is uh, Planet White Sox right now. Let's hope things get a lot brighter. We saw a sunrise here in the second half of the podcast because we do have a three-point plan that makes plenty of sense. It's logic. You could say, hey, Trooper, that, that plan was just logic. But uh, <laughs> yeah, good luck seeing how logic fits with the White Sox uh, front office. Uh, we promise we will have a Planet White Sox uh, three probably in the uh, aftermath of a managerial uh, decision uh, and or maybe free agent or trade acquisition, <laughs> which probably won't exist. Uh, but we definitely will be back uh, with you certainly four years out, probably before another month passes or three weeks or whenever it's been. But uh, uh, thanks for joining us again and, and listening in on uh, Planet White Sox. And uh, thanks, Trooper, for uh, joining once again. Let's do it again soon. Thanks, Brett. You take care.